Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include but are not limited to professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Your discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. All right, Tim, the question for today's episode is, is broken the new sinful? Certainly in the minds of many people, it seems to be that it is. Yeah, yeah, it definitely seems like it. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but my personal experience has been, you know, most Christians, regardless of, you know, where they lean in terms of do they lean left politically or right politically or, you know, um, you know, how much of the, how even how much of the Bible do they actually believe? You know, plenty of people who would agree with me on probably the majority of my, you know, theological views, uh, may, you know, maybe they might disagree on some tertiary things, but I, I've met people who largely agree with me who still use broken as a sort of, um, like a replacement or like a synonym for, sinful right and so they'll talk about you know hey we just we lit you know that person they're just a broken person you know they just need christ and then right. and then they'll be better right and and really what they mean is that person is a sinful person who has not repented of their sin but they're saying broken right and and so so where is the where is this coming from i mean is this actually like a well number one is this actually a good way for us to talk like is it okay to replace uh sin with the word broken and then follow-up question to that is why why are we seeing this so much why is it so popular yeah i mean i think it's a poor substitute for sinfulness so you know part, part of this i mean you know i can give you my perspective on whether or not it's a good way to speak um, based on just you know pragmatic considerations or something along those lines, but I mean really, like if you do believe that the Bible is sufficient, if you believe the Bible is sufficient for life and godliness, then you know I, I I'm of the firm opinion that individuals would do well to try to be as intentionally biblical as it can in their language, and you know that's um, that's just a you know a logical implication the doctrine of the sufficiency of scripture. If the Bible is sufficient for life and godliness, then, you know, I think if you can speak the way the Bible speaks, you're going to avoid a lot of the errors that come from not speaking the way the Bible speaks. And I mean, just to give you a simple example of how that could work in another area, I mean, I think, you know, 
thinking about the difference between asking forgiveness and apologizing, you know, for many apologies are like a substitute for asking forgiveness, but there's a lot of things that are lost when you choose to apologize instead of asking forgiveness. And so right. there's some, um, bon- there's, there's a, a lot of value in just speaking the way the Bible speaks and using the terms that the Bible use. And, you know, like for many people, like they think, well, you can just kind of change it up and use different terms and we all mean the same thing, but then you may be really surprised at like, how um, how many errors come from you know just simple change in language language in that kind of way and I think like the issue with brokenness and you know as a substitution for sinfulness which it seems that many people are using it that way that there are a lot of things that are lost when you you know speak about people as as if they're primarily broken like that's their fundamental problem is that they're broken instead of they're sinful there's a lot of things that are lost in that way and I mean, we, we can you can talk about some of those things but then. In terms of where where is it coming from, I think um, it's coming from basically um, like the fundamental problem is that we're living in a victim society, and you know the victim society we're living in is getting more and more of a victim society over over the you know, past few decades. But then this is language that really um, you know has really pervaded the music that we sing, and a lot of people they get their theology more from the songs that they sing than from the Bible that they are reading. And so there's a lot of things that are conspiring to produce like this language as being the standard language that we're using. I mean, I remember, you know, 20 years ago, there, you know, secular songs started speaking in this way. And that's just a natural, like, as I'm saying, this is a natural consequence of li- like living in a victim society is that the language is going to reflect that. But then even Christian music, like fringe Christian music songs started speaking that way, you know, when I was in high school and, you know, early college. I remember that shift starting to happen. And then right now, it seems like with, you know, Christian music, the state of the current Christian music right now, the go-to expression is broken like, and not sinful. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. it's like, the, that's the go-to expression. And then that's the expression that you're going to find, like, where you would expect sinful to be used. You, you're going to find broken to be used. But then, like, these two things, they don't mean the same exact thing. And they have like entirely different connotations at time, and I, I think it's a very poor substitute for the word in general. Okay, so you know you're saying, hey, they don't mean the exact same thing. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So, sinful. I mean, we all know what sinful means. Hope, hopefully, we all know what sinful means, right? Ba- basically, like we're transgressing against God. We're failing to meet the standard that He's set for us. Right. right, and then the, and then there's a specific consequence for that, which the Bible says ultimately is eternal death and hell. Right, so so that's what sin is. But then, what's being communicated with um, broken? It's a, it's a vague word that can mean a lot a lot of different things, and so it's it's it's, it's uh, very difficult to even know what people are saying at times. Uh, I mean, I think the primary connotation that most people take away from this language is the victim language. So we're living in a victim society right now. And there's a lot of different comprehensive ways in which we uh, are stuck in, you know, like this victimization kind of mindset. And like in terms of like where we lean to find our fundamental identity. So, you know, whether you're talking about the intersectional categories of, you know, quote unquote race or gender or quote unquote sexuality or 
you know, the able disabled discussion or the fat, you know, uh, fat discussion <laughs> as it like fat's now a victim category too. But like you have all the intersectional broken categories, like like or intersectional victim categories. You have the psychological victim categories, which used to be kind of like your background, your upbringing. Like you know, what what is your problem? Well, fundamentally, your background, your upbringing, your education. You Food know, you eat. Yeah, food you eat. You know, now, now the new one is food. Like new is food. Like everything's going to food now where um, that's the new materialistic answer for everything. But then you have all the DSM labels, but, you know, in, in like, and then you add like the Me Too hysteria to all of it too. And essentially you just have like a, a, a pervasively like victim society. And in that way, when you're saying that you're broken, like you're, you're basically viewing God as the, you know, the cosmic, you know, healer who's going to come and, you know, comfort you and fix your you fundamental. Pick up all the pieces for pick, you, and yeah, and put them all together and give you a big hug, you know, and that kind of thing, and you know, tell you, you know, and then it's all packaged in like the language of universal positive regard, meaning, like most people, they they don't really want counsel from people. What they want is they want people to come along and tell them that they're amazing and they're wonderful and they're special and they're unique and you know they're you know good just looking like everyone and, else, yeah, huh? and smart <laughs> and you know so so attractive and you know all this stuff. <laughs> And so, I mean, but they, they just want to be told that they're like, just, you know, they want to be agreed with everything like that they say, they want it to be agreed with and they want to be told that like nothing's their fault. And that yeah, everything, people, people don't want, people don't want to hear you are the problem. Yeah. Not you're the problem. So everything is not your fault. It's everyone else. Right. And you know, it's everyone else is to blame. You're fine, you know, and you just need to be encouraged and agreed with and affirmed for what you think and what you feel and who you perceive yourself to be. And so in that kind of world, like broken, like really is um, fundamentally, I think most people, when they're using it, they're using it like in this language of like you're oppressed, right? You're oppressed in, in certain ways and God has come to fix you, you know, to help you to cope with life and to deal with, with all that. Now, I mean, in its strongest use, I mean, you know, it may be that some people are also using it to suggest that they're like a program that has a glitch in it or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So, and God's come to fix you, yeah. So, so then, like you, you like, so it's t you know common in like your classic CCM songs or your typical traditional CCM songs to you know, talk about like um, God's come um, essentially to. Um, help you have victory, right? And help you to right. overcome and, yeah. you know, to put you together again, you know, and fix you, you know, and all that. And so, but in that language, then, snuggle, snuggle you close. Yeah. Well, in the, yeah, in the worst cases, but you know, with all that, like essentially, you know, you can be broken, like in the sense of like flawed. Right. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, it still feels very victimy, you know. It, like it feels like it's not your fault. Like you're, it's not your fault that you're messed up. Yeah, you're, it's someone else's fault. Your fault. <laughs> you're messed up. Yeah, you know. Like maybe sin has caused you to be messed up. So it's almost like it's pushing the problem back a degree, right? So sin has caused, you know, the entire world to be messed up, you included. And God's come to, you know, give you purpose, fix you up, you know, and you know, you're like fix your programming glitch. But even that's very impersonal, right? Whereas, like, if you're sinful, there's like a sense of, like, a strong sense of personal responsibility there. Like, you are the problem. Like, you're the villain in your story, right? You're not the victim in your story that God's come to heal. You're the villain that God's come to forgive. And that's what uh, most people are fighting, essentially. You know, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that because I, I can recall many, many times um, talking to Christians you know, and non, non, well, non-Christians and Christians alike, 
um, you know, basic, basically saying like, Hey, you know, sometimes, sometimes people will ask, uh, for example, Hey, you know, how can a God send people to hell? If he really loves people, how could he send them to hell? And my response is always what, what you're saying right now, you know, basically <clears throat> you're, you're looking, you know, let's assume we're all on a sinking ship, right? And, and God has the ability to, you know, save everyone, just get everyone off the ship, but he doesn't, he doesn't get everyone off the ship. Well, you can look at that and say, well, he must be evil because no, no good God would purposefully not save someone. But the flaw with that analogy is you're, you're thinking of it as if every single person on that ship were totally blameless, right? right, right. That they, that they uh, have not done anything wrong in the scenario. They're simply on a ship that is sinking uh, through no fault of their own. Really the way that you should be thinking about it is like, let's, let's pretend it's not a cruise ship. It's like a prison ship you know, taking, <laughs> taking prisoners to some Island or something. Well, those people have done something wrong, right? <clears throat> yeah. The and question so, is not like, how can a loving God, uh, you know, send good people to hell? Like the question is how could a just God send, uh, uh, forgive evil people essentially. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, we, we are at, when we're asking, you know, how can God send, um, people to hell, we're asking the wrong question. Really what we should be asking is how can God let people into heaven? Right. Right. And, and, you know, and you have those kind of conversations, even with Christians and they still look at, they look at you like dumbfounded, particularly with children. Yeah. (laughs) You know, where they're just like, what? (laughs) Like, what, what do you mean? What? I thought you knew that you should know this. (laughs) How did you even become a Christian? If you don't even know that, you know, we are all sinful. Like we, None of us have a right to, you know, tell God who to let into heaven, you know, and and so to even have that conversation is at this point, you know, I think I think one of the one of the obvious um, negative side effects to using language like broken so much is it has trained people to think, um, you know, I'm not I'm not a bad person. Sure. I do bad things sometimes, but I'm not a bad person. Right. You know? right. And maybe, maybe even I, you know, I, I still need forgiveness for some of those bad things I do, but generally I'm, I'm a pretty good person, you know, because, because, you know, you're right. I'm not, I'm not sinful. I'm broken. I'm broke. I'm just messed up. It's you a know? euphemism. And, yeah. It feels <laughs> nice and polite and right, it's a way of right. avoiding the fundamental problem. Yeah. And it's a lot less ugly to think about yourself as, you know, broken, you know, possibly through no fault of your own, right? <laughs> You're implying that as opposed to just saying like, you know, like the, um, I guess it was the, you know, the tax collector that Jesus was talking about that, that refused to even look up to heaven as he was, you know, begging God to have mercy on a sinner, even, right. even as him, you know? And, and so it really does seem like one of the negative side effects to all this is, is we've just, completely lost the idea that we are inherently all evil. So, you know, so like when you think of Hitler, you know, that's what you think of as like the pure, the, the purest <laughs> paragon of, of wickedness. Yeah. 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 But then like, we have to get, we really do need to get to a place where we all view ourselves, you know, like Hitler in terms of how God views us. Right. right? You Definitely. know? And so obviously there's a difference between 
uh, you know, between like, there's a worldly difference between, you know, telling a lie and murdering 6 million Jews. Right. But, but from a spiritual perspective, we're all in the same boat. Right. Yep. That seems to be one of the major consequences of, you know, this language in general is it's a way of softening the blow for people and keeping them from, you know, realizing that, you know, they they do need a savior, right? They do, you know, as the Bible says, I mean, those who are well have no need of a, of a physician, but those who are sick, right? And I mean, you could change it to, you know, I didn't come to call, you know, victims, but villains to repentance. And if you don't, <laughs> I didn't come to call the broken. I came to call sinners. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's really true. I mean, like you know, most people like once you adopt that victim identity and and victim labels. Like you really like in our culture and our society, you're putting yourself beyond the need for repentance, essentially. And so, because I mean, the rules of the game are obvious. You know, like you don't shame the victim, you don't blame the victim, you, you you know you believe the victim, you validate them, you affirm them. You know, and so the more that we use this kind of victim language, the more that you're preventing people from being able to repent, for sure. Okay, fair enough. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, Go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.